This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Smythe. Last month, the government of Canada launched pre-budget consultations to hear from Canadians about what matters most to them. Your feedback will be reviewed by the Department of Finance to help inform decisions on budget 2024. And you can share your concerns now until February 9th. Sault Ste. Marie community reporter Dorothy McNaughton has more details about this. Hello, Dorothy. How are you doing today? Hi, Alex. I'm good. Thanks. You know, Dorothy, I did not expect uh, when I, I, I was going to be chatting with you, we would be talking about the federal budget. But here we are. Uh, it's certainly something that's very important to discuss. So I, I'm, I'm curious, now that the federal government is asking for input into the next budget, you're, you're uh, hoping to uh, send in some recommendations. So what recommendations will you be making? Well, absolutely. I mean, I really feel this is important that they hear from ordinary Canadians and Canadians with disabilities. So I have two main issues that I want to bring to their attention. Um, the first is the need for passenger rail service in Northern Ontario, and particularly from Sault Ste. Marie north to Oba. And the thing is, um, it's a provincial short-line railway, but the federal mm. government, the Ministry of Transport, provides funding to some, well, to provide subsidies basically to all rail transportation in Canada. And we feel that it, the ideal solution to not having much rail transportation in the north is to have the federal government provide half of the annual operating funding and the province providing the other half. So I'm going to bring that to their attention. Um, and the other item that's important to me is a federal assistive devices program and i know people across canada have been asking for this for a long long time because right now not every province has an assistive devices program to help fund part of the cost so some people in some provinces have to pay for a hundred percent of the cost for adaptive equipment which is absolutely essential you know out of their own pockets and so what would the national or federal assistive device program in your mind, what would you like that to, to look like? Uh, because as you say, you know, each jurisdiction, each province has their different approach to it. Some are, are better than others. What, what would you like to see a national program look like? Well, I mean, I, I'm a bit of a dreamer, you know, so <laughs> uh, uh, ideally they should fund 100% of the costs because you know we're talking about wheelchairs we're talking about very expensive hearing aids we're talking about assistive devices for people with vision loss computers and um, adaptive software which is quite expensive over and above the computer that software is pricey um, i think because it is not a luxury it is an essential a piece of equipment or software that enables a person to be independent. So, you know, I, I think the federal government should work that into the budget that, you know, across Canada, people who qualify should get 100% funding. 
And where can people go to submit their recommendations? Because th these are your recommendations. Where can yes. uh, folks at HAM go and uh, submit their own? Well, there's a, a website um, with a link to be able to input your information. You can also send it by, you know, snail mail um, or mm -hmm. give it over the phone. Um, so you, online, you look up pre-budget consultation 2024, um, and that will that will bring up a link, um, and it will give you information. As you say, you can provide input for quite a while yet till February the 9th, which is great because sometimes when you find out about these things, there's a very short time frame. And um, this is why I like to ha have information coming my way from listservs, from, um, you know, press releases. It was my husband mm -hmm. that picked up on this, um, a press release from the federal government. Yeah, and so I have a couple of uh, addresses here that uh, folks can check out. So there is less let's talk budget 24.ca let's talk budget 24.ca and you can also send an email budget 2024 at fin that's fin.gc.ca budget 2024 at fin.gc.ca so that is on the federal scope of things. Now let's focus in a bit more on the local side in the Sioux, Dorothy. Uh, so folk musician Ian uh, Tamblin will be performing a concert on January 21st. So why is this show worth checking out? Well, well several reasons. Um, first of all, to many of us, um, it's affordable. It's $35 and a lot of the concerts that come to the Sioux are, you know, close to $100. If two people want to go, that's a significant amount of money. So mm -hmm. I like the fact that it's reasonable. Um, it's in an interesting location. It's in a place called The Loft, which is, um, it's in the old St. Mary's, one of the old St. Mary's paper buildings, and they've kept, so it looks kind of industrial, um, but apparently the, the acoustics are phenomenal. I have not been there yet. It's, it's been open for a while, so I'm really excited to see the location, and I really like Ian Tamblin. I've, I've heard him in concert in the Sioux before, and he's what I would call a traditional old-time folk singer. Mm. And is that kind of your style uh, of music that you enjoy? Are you a big fan of folk music? Oh, very, very much. I mean, it's not just that I'm older, but I remember the <laughs> days of people like Ian and Sylvia, you know, um, just uh, really good traditional folk music. Uh, gosh, even, you know, from the States, from Canada. There weren't a lot in Canada to start with. Gordon Lightfoot, you know, all of those mm -hmm. people. I, I just love listening to them. Yeah, there's certainly a classic style, and you get that that, that vibe, especially in your special little location, uh, like the loft, or or even like I think in Toronto, Massey Hall, a great little intimate venue that you can really connect with a, a musician like that. But for folks who want to attend, what accessibility uh, features or or uh, things should they be aware of? Well, I'm glad you asked because I, I looked into that to make sure it was accessible because I know there are stairs, I could say in the upstairs, but there is an elevator. So I was really pleased to see that there's an elevator there that, that it is accessible. Um, so yeah, I'm really anxious to see uh, the, the whole, the building, the space, 
um, mm -hmm. you know, they, there are some restaurants further down in some of the older buildings, but as I say, I haven't been there yet. People I talk to who have been say it's really an amazing space for music, um, and the Algoma Conservatory of Music has that space as well. So they teach music um, with with great acoustics in the building. Oh, that's great. So that was Ian Tamblin, who will be performing in Sault Ste. Marie at The Loft on January 21st at 3 p.m. And before we let you go, Dorothy, you always want to share the happenings of the Getting Together with Technology, especially the Northern Ontario Getting Together with Technology group. And so there was an opportunity to connect with uh, and, and learn all things tech. So what, uh, this is a virtual meeting and it's open for anyone across Canada to get involved. So what is taking place at the next meeting? Okay, the next meeting is Tuesday, January 16th. We meet at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And um, sometimes we have speakers and a topic, but and this particular meeting is more sort of the people that attend sharing um, what new tech did you get for Christmas or mm. what would you have liked to have received for Christmas? Um, what I like about this is like, I'm not a big techie myself <laughs> and I like to hear of something that someone has found really, really helpful. Even if it's just something like um, headphones, you know, um, and and see what's new out there that, that any, any of us on the call might be interested in. It's that whole peer sharing that I just love about it. Very good. And so, uh, lastly, where can people go to register and sign up for this next meeting? Okay, they can do that through CCB, um, Get Together with Technology Program uh, in Ottawa, um, online on the CCB uh, website. And uh, David Green is the person that you can register through and get all the and Zoom information. Perfect. And I have his email address here for folks who want it. It's david.gtt at ccbnational.net. I'll say that one more time. David.gtt at ccbnational.net. And again, that uh, next meeting is January 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom. Dorothy, thank you so much for uh, bringing these stories forward. Have yourself a wonderful day. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. That was Dorothy McNaughton, a community reporter in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. In one minute, Laura Bain will share her entertainment report. But first, CES has kicked off this year's event in Las Vegas. Here's uh, reporter Mike Dubusky with Tech Trends. Gary Shapiro is the president of the Consumer Technology Association, which puts on CES every year. He says they're expecting attendance at the show to be roughly back to pre-pandemic levels. So we are expecting uh, over 3,500 companies, over 130,000 people, over 1,000 startups. But Engadget's Devendra Hardawar says it's a much different event now. It is weird to think of what role CES is playing now when so many uh, device makers are having their own events. For instance, Samsung will be there but it's saving the reveal of its new Galaxy smartphones for next week. Other companies like LG and Volkswagen do have big announcements planned for the show, which means for Hardawar, CES is still relevant. There are still really cool things there. It is still a place for the industry to kind of congregate and for business deals to happen. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubosky, ABC News. And now it's time for the entertainment report with Laura Bain. Laura, 
you wanted to look over to the city of Paris who honored David Bowie, the late great David Bowie yesterday. What more can you tell us? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is in celebration of what would have been his 77th birthday. Uh, the city of Paris has named a street after David Bowie. So Rue David Bowie is in the 13th arrondissement, which is just a little bit off the tourist track, but still a very cool area. The mayor of the 13th arrondissement is apparently a big David Bowie fan. Um, Paris has different mayors for every neighborhood or arrondissement. So the street right now is a small unnamed like previously unnamed street it's between two office buildings but the mayor assures fans so yesterday hundreds of fans including some of david bowie's childhood friends gathered on the street for a celebration which featured a concert and an exhibition and david bowie actually did his first concert outside of the uk in paris back in 1965 so he definitely had a strong connection with the city that's that's but, very sweet it is, yeah. I think I might have to, uh, when I go back to Paris, visit uh, Rue David Bowie. But it just kind of got me thinking about what other celebrity streets are out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did a little bit of digging. I have a few highlights. So members of the Beehive might want to visit Beyonce Boulevard in Bermuda, so named apparently after she made an appearance there. If you visit the corner of 205th and Hollis in Queens, New York, you'll be at the officially named Rue Run DMC JMJ Way. And that is, uh, they were from uh, the borough of Queens in New York. If you want to get kind of three for one, you could go to Chicago and check off Hugh Hefner Way, Oprah Winfrey Way, and Sam Cooke Way all in one go. <laughs> um, well, so, I mean, Alex... like, if, if that's your kind of thing, I guess, checking out uh, streets that are named after people, I, I feel like it's a little bit less uh, um, kind of uh, uh, of an enticement than some other, like, monuments or statues. Mm -hmm. You've just seen the, the street sign, but hey, to each their own. Yeah, I'd say you definitely have to be a super fan to want to go out and mm -hmm. kind of get your uh, selfie, maybe, with the uh, street sign in the background. But uh, I know you've done quite a bit of traveling, Alex, so yep. I'm thinking what would you want your street to be named and where in the world would you want it to be? Oh, that, so that is tough because, I mean, I, I wish I had the power and the influence of Beyonce of just literally visiting a country and they're like, we got to name something after you. I mean, that would be pretty nice. I'm a fan of alliteration either way. So it could be Alex Avenue or it could be Smythe Street. I would be fine with either of those. So if any uh, city or town wants to uh, invest in me, I, I, I certainly will not say no. In terms of locations, I mean, it's it's so tough because uh, I've, I've had the fortune of traveling so many different places, but I think from a sentimental standpoint, I would want it to be close to home or, or somewhere where, you know, I've actually spent quite a bit of time. That said, I mean, if I, I could just be after one visit, I, I would love something in Reykjavik. Uh, that, that would be certainly at the top of my list because it's such a, a fun little town. Laura, what about you? What would your street name want to be? Would it be Bain Boulevard or would it be Laura Way? Well, also a fan of, of, of alliteration, I thought Laura Bain Lane kind of had a ring to it. Ooh. Laura Bain Lane. And, uh, like you know, it. if they want to rename the street I grew up on, uh, Laura Bain Lane, I think that would be a huge honor. <laughs> but 
But, uh, you know, if not, I also would like to follow in David Bowie's footsteps and have a street named after me in the city of Paris, especially since I'm thinking it probably uh, I would have to make a few more visits there in order to kind of solidify my campaign for that. Yeah, and, and and when you you get the street unnamed, you just make sure it's an all expense paid trip. There you go. One more free trip to Paris. Laura, thank you for this. Have yourself a wonderful day. Yeah, thanks, Alex. You too. <laughs> that was Laura Bain, entertainment reporter. Coming up after the break, I have a short regional news update. And Brock Richardson stops by to recap a busy sports roundup. You're watching now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.